It's Jill Bennett on Brooklyn's Radio. Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. Welcome to this month's episode of Your Health Matters. It's Jill Bennett here. I've got three great guests with me today, and we're talking about plant-based whole foods diets and why they're good for me. I've got three great guests with me. I have Dr. Laura Freeman, who is the founder of Plant-Based Health Online. Good afternoon, Laura. Hey, Jill. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Callum Weir, who is a certified plant-based nutritionist. He's CMA approved. That's a complementary medical association and an educational speaker. Good afternoon, Callum. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, really lovely to have you. And last but not least, we've got Ellie Busby, who is the founder of Vojo Health and a registered nutritionist and doing some really exciting things with DNA. Good afternoon, Ellie. Hi, Jill. Nice to be here. Oh, really lovely to have you all. So let's get straight into it. I think um, we need to look, first of all, at what is a whole food plant-based diet. Laura. Yeah, thanks, Jill. Well, it's a really good place to start. Um, just exactly, you know, defining what whole food plant-based diet is, um, which is a diet focused on eating foods as they are grown um, and centered on vegetables, fruits, whole grains, legumes, nuts and seeds. Um, but also thinking about what the diet doesn't include. So foods such as um meat, chicken, fish, dairy and eggs, as well as processed foods are uh, reduced or eliminated from the from the diet. And I think it's really useful to start off um, with um, talking about what's involved, because often I find plant based diet is you that term is just used interchangeably with a vegan diet. And it's really helpful to make this distinction because a vegan diet is not necessarily healthy. Um, it can involve include lots of processed and junk vegan foods and um, which might not have animal products but are not exactly health promoting um, and this is a diet that I've been following myself personally um, since I had a diagnosis of thyroid cancer and high cholesterol at the time I had been working for well, I've been working as a GP for about 15 years now but I had never really made that connection between um, nutrition and health By the time of my diagnosis, it really didn't take me long before I found the evidence connecting lowering cholesterol levels, lowering cancer risk with plant-based nutrition. Um, And so really, that was quite amazing for me. I changed my own diet very quickly and felt the benefits very quickly. Um, And then it really didn't take me long to transition what I had learned myself and was doing myself personally into my into my general practice and using it with my patients and the success that I have seen with them has just been um really quite remarkable and and I'm excited to talk about it later fantastic I think we need more and more doctors like that don't we who recognize the huge link between nutrition and most of the chronic conditions that are facing people today Callum, can we live a great and healthy life by eating a plant-based diet? Of course. Um, there's a massive misconception when it comes to living on a plant-based diet. People assume that you're going to become um, malnourished and weak, but it's not true in any way, shape or form. People worry that you're going to be missing out on vital nutrients that you need for your body to thrive to the best of its ability. But when you actually look into the nutrients of these plant foods, they actually contain all the nutrients your body needs. So, in fact, plant foods have more nutrients than most animal-based products. For instance, you cannot get fibre from eating meat. 
Whereas all plant foods contains, contains various amounts of fiber. And this is the same with many other nutrients from um, plant source foods, such as vitamin C, which I think we, we, we all know comes from kind of like fruit or veg. It's just that nutrition isn't taught well in schools. Instead, there's a lot of miscommunication and lack of education surrounding foods in general. I know for me, this was the case. Uh, in school, none of this was taught. It's just that kind of protein, fat, carb. And that's all you get really taught. And for me, I wish I was taught this earlier. It would have saved me from having bad habits back in the past, uh, going back obviously 10, 15 years ago, less than that. I had very unhealthy habits with things like McDonald's and KFC because people, uh, it says it's high protein, which yeah, why it is, it's still, it's still a processed food, but it's not healthy for you. And at the same time, you kind of get that into a healthier regime with like chicken, a bit of rice and some veg um, to go to the gym with. And although you think that's healthy, you're still disregarding every other nutrient that you your body is craving and just eating certain amounts and disregard anything else. But the thing is, like with the knowledge I have now, I wish I could go back in time and change that. But it's one of those things that's just not taught. Yeah, so we've got two problems here. One is our doctors aren't being taught enough about nutrition. And secondly, we're not being taught it in schools, so we can't even help ourselves. Ellie, can our DNA help us identify the best type of diet our bodies need? Yes, Jill, it can. Um, As we all know, uh, with diet in general, there is no one size fits all. We all need different nutrients and we have different requirements based on not only our DNA, but also um, our environment, our goals and our lifestyle. So, of course, it's not all DNA, but your DNA can give you it's basically the the rule book or the recipe book for your um, the best diet for you. Uh, With plant based diets, it's no different. We also need to personalize our diets. Uh, So when I went plant based 10 years ago, everything was great for the first few years. I felt fantastic. Um, Transitioning even then, it wasn't that hard. And now we have, you know, lots of. Lots of extra uh, processed foods to help us on that transition, maybe not in the best way. Um, But about five years in, I started feeling really terrible. My health took a massive downturn. And, you know, I followed everything by the book, all the general advice. I was doing it. Uh, But something wasn't right. I had brain fog. My energy levels were low. I couldn't run as well as I used to be able to. Even my hair was the worst quality it ever been. And... It was only when I looked at my genes that I finally realized what I actually needed more of compared to other people and which supplements I needed as well. Like I'm always a, I don't, I don't condone taking supplements for everything because that can make it quite expensive and you don't need supplements for everything. But some people need certain supplements, whereas other people might not. So that's where it all began, really. Interesting, interesting. Whereas most people are thinking about, can I get into my genes? They could look at their genes to, to, to you know, work out exactly what they should be eating that would allow everything else in their life to settle down. Laura, I've read that unhealthy diets are now the top cause of chronic illness around the world. Do you agree with that? Yes, I do. Except that it's not just opinion, right? Like it's strong, it's coming from strong scientific research that does confirm unhealthy diets are now the top cause of chronic illness around the world, not just here in the UK. And, you know, our eating patterns have contributed to the current global health crisis with rising weights of rising weights of overweight, obesity, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, dementia, and certain cancers like colon, breast, and prostate. 
Um, and probably the most important data came from a study in a prestigious medical journal, The Lancet, um, just recently in 2019. Um, and the most astonishing numbers that came from that study was that they estimated that globally 11 million deaths a year were linked to poor diet and poor diet alone. Um, and this looked at 195 countries. So it was um, pretty robust and it highlighted that even though there was some variation within these countries, um, as a planet, we're not eating enough of the healthy food. So the ones I mentioned before fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, nuts and seeds. And at the same time, we're consuming far too many unhealthy foods like sugary drinks, uh, processed foods, foods high in salt, um, red meat and processed meat. And completely exacerbated by the advertising industry who are we're bombarded with misinformation all the time, I think, on, on news programmes. Callum, do you find that this is what brings most of your clients to you? It really depends, but I have seen a majority of my clients um, coming to me to transition from a very omnivorous meaty diet to a whole foods plant-based diet. And this is especially in the last year, the majority of people have come to me after making that connection of where their food comes from and the health benefits of a plant-based diet. And I put that down to having time for themselves and to kind of reflect on life as they've been living for a pandemic. So people have made that connection to illness within families such as, you know, like cancers, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, high cholesterol, all the things Laura said and more. And I think that is one of the main drivers. Obviously, other people watch kind of like animal documentaries and it's all to do with that. Whereas some people will watch other documentaries such as things like The Game Changers, which is such a powerful documentary about health and the fitness world. Um, they're showing these misconceptions about being strong and having athletic ability and showing off these uh, bodybuilders, some of the top Olympians who are on completely plant-based diets. Um, for instance, you had like the world's first plant-based bodybuilder on there. And m many people haven't heard of one of those before. And obviously some of the world's strongest men, endurance athletes. And it's just showing you what you thought about nutrition. It's completely been biased towards the meat industry for the last, well, however long. And it just fails to acknowledge the strength you can build on plants. So things like that, people are watching and they're making these little connections that there, there has been this giant misconception for the last however long. And so there's not really a definite answer on the client base, really, but sometimes it is health reasons, sometimes it's animal reasons, sometimes it's environmental, but it just depends on the person in question. But I would say the majority is health. Yeah, yeah. Um, I loved that documentary, by the way. It was it was really interesting to see. And I think the more we can get sports people to accept that this is a really healthy way to live because they do become sort of icons, people that, that the general public look up to. That's a really good thing. Ellie, tell us about your research on how our DNA and our diet and health are linked. There is so much research on this topic also called nutrigenetics and nutrigenomics. So there's just there's so much in different areas that I can't cover anywhere near of it all. But I can tell you a story that can show you a little bit into how our DNA and diets are linked. Uh, so my mum has was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes um, about 10 years ago, actually. So she was early 50s, um, which, is, which is quite young to be diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Um, and she followed all the advice in the book, everything her doctor told her to do. She stopped eating sugar. She swapped white bread for whole grain bread. You know, she did everything right. Um, 
And every time she went to get her blood checked and I would wait for her to come home and tell me the great news and it never came. Her blood sugar was rising and her cholesterol was rising too steadily. It's very, very, very odd. And we didn't understand it until we had her genes tested. And she has the hemochromatosis gene, which is a gene that increases the amount of iron you absorb from your food. Now, at one time in human history, this was very important. When humans had a low meat diet and the soil was low in iron, this gene came about this mutation that helped humans absorb more iron. Great at that time. Now, in a society where we're eating a lot of red meat, if you have this gene, it can be quite harmful because actually once your body has absorbed iron, it's very difficult to get rid of it. And this can cause a lot of chronic illnesses that's associated with diabetes and heart disease. And these were the two things my mum was struggling with. This was the trigger for her to stop eating red meat. Now, my mum is never going to be 100% plant-based. It's not going to happen. And I, you know, I don't expect that to happen anymore. But knowing this about herself triggered her to reduce her meat consumption dramatically. And I'm so happy with that. And finally, her blood sugar and her high cholesterol are stabilizing. So this is just one small gene that's linked, but I hope it gives you a good um, a good overview. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a couple of people I know who are both slim, exercise regularly, eat healthily, and they've both been diagnosed with um, high blood, uh, high cholesterol, sorry, not high blood pressure. One of them has high blood pressure. And you just think, why? Why? So maybe there is something with them. I have to tell them to get tested. Um, Laura, if someone is keen to transition to a whole food plant based diet, what's the best way for them to start? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a one one way for everybody to start and ultimately you know it can look really different for different people depending on a variety of different factors but ultimately I think it has to start with educating yourself you know and it doesn't need to be complicated but just with the nutrition basics like I think that's really important and especially when you I don't think you can rely on unless you're seeing one of our team from Plant-Based Health Online or somebody like Callum or Ellie who are super knowledgeable about it, but that information is not necessarily going to come from your doctor, for example. Um, So I think you've got to really inform yourself, like using reputable resources to um, educate yourself about plant-based nutrition. And at the same time, really giving some like dedicating some time to thinking about why you're doing it, um, whether it's for health reasons or the planet or ethical reasons because when you find some meaning in what you're doing it's much more likely to be sustainable and it's not always easy there's usually bumps in the road but if you've got a strong link to um, the reasons that you're making these changes then you're more likely to stick with it. Um, that being said, I, I find that most of my patients will start with breakfast because that's an easy meal that doesn't always use recipes or very many ingredients. Um, and small changes really can start to make differences. And when you are having a plant-based breakfast and finding that easy, you can then dedicate some time to thinking about what other recipes you might try, what your shopping list might look like. Um, and that would probably really be a really good place to start. Yeah, that sounds sounds really good. Callum, what would you advise, a gradual transition or an all at once? It really isn't kind of a wrong or right way. It depends how open you are and how willing you are to change. Um, For some people, it's an overnight thing. 
some people they kind of need that gradual overtime transition but normally i would what i would advise going gradual so you need to find your feet you need to find out what's what you need to try different foods you need to find out what you like uh, some people will use the stepping stone foods into a plant based diet so obviously like meat alternatives as there's kind of no difference in texture and taste but you don't want to get stuck on those um but for instance like um for someone that's eaten like meat for like 50 years going whole foods plant based will be difficult so having those pathway foods is great it's just making sure you re- just don't get stuck there instead create foods that you know so for instance like a chili but kind of replace that meat with lentils everything else is exactly the same the spices the flavors the black beans tomatoes and all sorts are still exactly the same you've just taken away the meat and created a whole foods meal without the alternatives so it's basically finding foods people enjoy getting close to it as a, uh, close to it close to it as possible making slight alterations which don't feel too far away from what they already know and just going from there so it really depends on the person but i would advise gradual unless you want to do an overnight thing then it is it's one of those things that will become simple over time. Yeah, and and I think it depends. I think Laura said this on your lifestyle because I've helped people and some people find it really easy. Then I had one lady who because and she didn't tell me this when she when we started, but she said she didn't cook and I'd sent her loads of yummy recipes, told her to get the Bosch brothers book, um told her to go to plant-based food on online um and get their they've got a really good free um ebook you can have which helps but it turned out she wouldn't cook and it was sort of really difficult to get her to transition um ellie would a dna test allow us to find the best way to transition it knowing your dna takes out a lot of the trial and error so as we said before there is no one size fits all and usually you just kind of try things out to figure out what works for you but when you're making a transition from a meat-based diet to a plant-based diet, sometimes you just, you, you know, you don't have the time or the energy to try out different things and see what works. And with some nutrients, you're not going to see the impact of them for years, potentially. So, for example, there's um, a very, in the plant-based world, there are two band camps. You know, there are the people that they you can get all your omega-3 from chia seeds. That's fine. Just eat them every day. And then there are the people that say, no, that's not the right type of omega-3 your brain needs. You need DHA, which means you need to supplement algal oil. So who do you believe? It's confusing. But it's confusing because some people can get it all from chia seeds and some people can't. Some people do need to supplement. And that depends on a gene called fatty acid desaturase 1. And that determines whether you're a fast converter or a slow converter. If you're a slow converter of omega-3, you need to supplement algal oil, which gives you DHA directly. But if you're a fast converter, you can actually get a lot of it from seeds and, um, and nuts and things. So that's just one way that it, it just takes out the trial and error and you don't have to figure that out. It's fascinating, isn't it? Completely fascinating. We're going to go into an ad break now, but we will be back after this to continue our discussion on whole food plant-based diets. Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. Has anyone ever recommended your business? Imagine if you had an active group of local business owners all promoting your business to their contacts. BNI works for all professions, from accountants to florists. 
from solicitors to personal trainers. BNI referral groups work. If you are a business owner in Surrey and you are looking to take on more business, BNI could help you to open doors that would otherwise remain closed. Google BNI Surrey and enter your details to arrange a no-obligation trial visit to your nearest group. BNI Surrey, changing the way Surrey does business. Hi, this is Helen at the Marianne's Community Cafe opposite Debenhams in Staines. We're busy serving teas, coffee and light refreshments, plus some delicious cakes daily. We also have a welfare benefits advisor for all members of our community who will help with confidential advice and support with form filling on welfare benefits. And our trained team will help with all aspects of care, support and more. When you bring a friend, their first regular tea or coffee is on us, based on one visit per day. Find us on Thames Street in Staines. Marianne's is operated by Surrey Disabled People Partnership. Find out more on SDP. I'm so glad you're open. Thank goodness you're here. Do you ever close? Did you know the pharmacy at 20 Church Street, Weybridge is open 100 hours every week to meet your immediate medical needs? We're here for you from 7am to 11pm weekdays, 7am to 9pm Saturdays and 10am to 4pm on Sundays. Our friendly and knowledgeable team can provide you with the advice you need as well as helping you with repeat prescriptions, all the -the over-the-counter products you would expect, and if you can't get in to visit us, we will deliver to you. The Pharmacy, 20 Church Street, Weybridge. We're here when you need us, 100 hours every week. It's Jill Bennett on Brooklyn's Radio. Okay, welcome back. Today, I've got three lovely guests with me. We're talking about a whole food plant-based diet. I have Dr. Laura Freeman, Callum Weir and Ellie Busby. Laura, if someone has an underlying health condition, maybe like type 2 diabetes, because we know that's almost epidemic proportions um, around the world now, or even maybe heart disease, would they possibly take a different approach to transitioning um no not necessarily um and I think that's one of the incredible things about whole food plant-based diet is like it's never too late to start like ideally it should be used you know as preventative because it can reduce your risk of getting these conditions but even if you've been diagnosed with these conditions even if you're on medication for them it's still appropriate to transition to whole food plant-based diet um I would just say that there are some groups that need extra support and pregnant women, people with kidney failure, people on cancer treatment, like they're going to need a bit more input and to do it more slowly. And with the groups that you mentioned with type two diabetics and and, and people with heart disease, then some extra support looking at um, symptoms. So things like sugar levels and also medications, because I find that people who transition to a plant-based diet are often able to reduce or and sometimes even cases where they're able to come off their medication so so that just needs a bit more careful consideration and ideally some input from from a healthcare professional who who understands plant-based nutrition yeah I think I think most people should really get some professional advice shouldn't they um Callum what alternatives without going down the sort of junk food um and the meat alternative routes what what alternatives can people use for meat or dairy or eggs or fish um to get the same sort of nutrients that's the thing um obviously when people most people will go towards a kind of meat alternative which um sometimes that they can be just as bad as 
the meat the meat side of the meat at first um so when you're looking at whole foods and um for mints i would substitute with something like lentils or beans or something like that whereas um obviously no, normally most people have vegetables on the plate anyway with their foods so it's just kind of um adding more like more foods that they haven't tried before so going to the supermarket going down like the the vegetable or the fruit aisle and trying all these things that they wouldn't have ever thought of before and just cooking them in different ways seeing what works for them but sometimes what may what may taste horrible in one way like let's say it's fried will taste better boiled it just depends on what you what you want but alternative wise literally grains lentils nuts seeds um leafy greens um fruit veg even like it's just ev everything has great amount of nutrients to it it's just finding what's going to work for you and what's going to work for you in these dishes because once you start creating what you're used to as i said before like a chili but adding these different like alternatives and such, or not alternatives, uh, different um, whole food alternatives, there isn't going to be much of a difference. You're still going to have more or less the same or more nutrients in that dish, or um, you're going to have to say that you're going to have near enough the same nutrients or more nutrients in that dish. But you would have created something homemade, something whole foods, something that you concocted yourself, which is going to taste a lot better than a lot of things that you may just buy, buy readily available. I used to hate butter beans, but since I've been vegan, I make a lovely butter bean stroganoff with lots of mushrooms and coconut milk, and it's absolutely delicious. Um, okay, Ellie, when I first went plant-based, I lost weight. Um, now I live here. It's not so easy. <laughs> but will most people lose weight when once they transition to a whole food plant-based diet? This is one of my favourite topics uh, because... As I say with everything else, there is not one size that fits all. And you're right, some people or a lot of people do find that when they first go plant-based and they're really, really good about it, they do tend to lose a bit of weight. But it's when it becomes normal for you, you start introducing different foods and, you know, there's a lot of processed plant-based foods out there now which aren't good for you, uh, lots of snack options, it becomes more and more difficult. And actually, it's not any more beneficial to go plant-based anymore because of the amount of junk food there is now. There are a lot of genes that are associated with your eating behaviors and how you put on weight and how much you eat. Actually, I don't know if you heard on BBC Radio 4 yesterday on Inside Science, they talked about one of these genes that, that we test, which is MC4R. Um, and there's been a new study on that that shows what a dramatic impact it has on people's eating behavior and their weight. Uh, there are a number of genes, as I said, um, and a lot of them change how your body is sensitive to leptin and ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone and your satiety hormone. So while you know, if you while you may struggle to stop snacking or stop eating, you don't realize when you're feeling full because you're not sensitive to that hormone that your body is secreting and your brain doesn't say, wait, you need to stop eating now. Whereas someone else you find just eats a normal amount and they're just happy. And you know, you question why? Well, it's not your fault, it is your genes. But knowing your genes gives you the power to know how to eat and how to control your tendencies. Yeah, that's a really, really good thing. Um, if you know what to do, you can you can do something about it, can't you? You can choose. Um, Laura. Could you give us an example of a client who has reversed a chronic condition by transitioning to a plant-based diet? Yeah, I mean, I could 
spend the rest of the show talking about them. And I'm so proud of my patients for the hard work that they've done, because certainly now that I'm not just handing over a prescription for a tablet, like, I, you know, I feel like they're working, I'm making them work a lot harder is what I should say. Um, I've just seen numerous patients now with the conditions that we've all been talking about for the last half hour or so with high cholesterol, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, um, who have successfully brought all these levels down just with plant-based nutrition. Um, a lot, I have to say, alongside other lifestyle factors like exercise and making sure that they're sleeping well and managing their stress, but certainly plant-based nutrition has been the focus of, of their management plan. Um, just in the last few weeks or so, I've been seeing some follow-up patients. They all happen to be in their kind of early mid-60s and all of them have had high cholesterol and high blood pressure. The underlying biological processes are the same. So it's no surprise that there's, you know, these conditions often overlap. Um, but all of them have managed to bring their cholesterol down to the point where they are no longer needed to be considered for medication. So it's um it's so rewarding for me as a physician. It's really satisfying um for my patients, and um I just can't imagine practicing any other way now. With that being said, I you know I also see a real variety of patients with um thyroid disorders and certain cancers, certain skin conditions, joint disorders. I mean the list is endless. I really do feel like there's you know, there's nobody excluded from from the benefits of a whole food plant based diet. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The um, people who have joint problems and I, it amazes me because I quite often say to people, have you looked at your diet? Have you looked at what you're eating? And people just don't don't link them together. It's crazy, really. Um, Callum, most of us who eat a whole food plant based diet are often asked the most frustrating question where do you get your pl- your protein from? What answer do you give to people? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the protein word. So what people don't realise is that all protein initially comes from plants. The animals then feed on these plants. Um, and then obviously people eat the animal and then you get the recycled uh, protein. Um, it, like You get a recycled protein version or you get recycled protein. So let's go straight to the source instead. So many people use the word uh, complete protein to deter people away from going to a plant-based lifestyle. So a complete protein is when all the nine amino acids uh, match 100%. Um, amino acids are basically the building blocks of the body. There are 20 altogether. Nine of them we need to get from uh, dietary sources. So now on, on a plant-based diet, um, there will be a few that are considered a complete protein, such as um, soy or quinoa. Um, but all the other foods have a varied amount of each of these amino acids. So let's say, for instance, one food had all nine amino acids, at eight of them at 100% and one of them at 50%. People would assume this is an incomplete protein. It's not. It just doesn't have as much of one of these amino acids as the others. But let's say you mix that food with, uh, with another food, which we all mix foods on a daily basis. Um, let's say this new food had 0% in the eight that there were before and 50% miraculously in that um in the one that also had 50 percent. so you by eating that you would have complete uh, you would have created a complete protein um of the one that was lacking before um so plant foods are never not complete in protein they just have different quantities of protein so as long as you're mixing and matching and having a wide variety of different whole foods in your diet then 
there's no reason you won't be getting your protein requirements in. No, that's a that's a really good answer, actually. And I, I knew about amino acids, but I didn't know about the nine things. So I need to do a bit of research into that. Um, Ellie, we've already talked a little bit about iron and, and some people having a gene that makes it harder for them to absorb or easier for them to absorb. Um, but people do worry that on a plant-based diet, they won't be getting enough iron. So what are the best sources of plant-based iron? Yeah, like you said, um, there are a number of factors which determine how much iron you need. Uh, and that not only includes your genetics, but your lifestyle, like how much exercise you're doing. Um, plus also, if you're a woman, like how heavy your periods are, for example. Um the best sources of iron are really beans and lentils and some dark leafy greens as well. So making sure that you have a range of these every day is great. Uh, and that is one of the issues with a lot of processed plant-based food is that actually they're not based on these whole foods which provide you the iron and other nutrients that you need. Um, and then they don't leave enough space in the day to eat those foods. So it's about finding the ways to get these um, beans and lentils and everything into your diet every day. Um, and there are some great, like, great tricks that you can use to do that as well. Thank you. Thank you. I love quinoa and I used to hate lentils, but I absolutely love lentils now. It's funny, isn't it, how your taste buds change over time. Laura, are there any health conditions that could prevent you from following a whole food plant-based diet? Um no, there, there really isn't, Joe. Like, I really can't, I would be struggling to think of any. Um, I did mention some patient groups that do need some um, care, careful supervision. Um, and I would suggest that those are um, women who are pregnant or breastfeeding, um, just because their nutritional requirements change through those periods. Um, patients with kidney um, failure, depending on what stage they might be at, um, patients on cancer treatment, and um, maybe anybody on, on diabetic medications, particularly if it's insulin, because transitioning to a plant-based diet can really quite quickly affect sugar control. Um, and I would suggest that that would um, be better done with, with some clinical supervision. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't transfer to um, transition to whole food plant-based diet. I just think it should be done more, more carefully um, and with some medical advice. Yeah, very, very sound advice there. Um, Callum, how can you tell if something really is vegan? It's sometimes it can be hard to tell these days. Um, and that is because there is so many different products. If we're looking at whole foods, like fruit and vegetables, um, lentils, beans, nuts, seeds, all these are whole foods and they're completely vegan. But you do have to watch out for things like lemon, which are waxed. And sometimes these waxes are made from animal derivatives. But um, if you're looking at, obviously, the alternatives, um, most companies want to reach a wider audience these days. So they will add whether it's vegan on there. And most companies are amazing like that. But other foods are also accidentally vegan, such like, like things such as Oreos and Bourneville. Most people know that they're vegan now, but they don't advertise it on the back of the packet. So you just need to kind of check on the back of the packet or look online and it will normally say... But just because it uh, just because it doesn't have the word milk or gelatine on the back doesn't mean there isn't other hidden ingredients like uh, some e-numbers which have animal derivatives inside. Um, the same with if you were to look into things like alcohol, um, uh, alcohol is filtered. Uh, a lot of alcohol is filtered through fish bladders, yet they don't have to put that on the bottom. 
So that wouldn't be a, a vegan product. But when it comes to the may contains at the bottom where it's like, oh, it may contain like milk, it may contain nuts. They put that on there um, because it comes from the same factory and there is the smallest chance of cross-contamination. But it's very unlikely if they have good hygiene practices, then it's very unlikely there is going to be that cross-contamination, but there's that very, very, very small chance. So it's just kind of, it's just being wary about what you're picking up and buying. When you're looking at Whole Foods, yes, everything there is going to be completely vegan, apart from lemons and limes, if it's a wax. Luckily, I've got lemons and limes in my garden here, so I'll stick to those. We're just going to take another short ad break then, and we will be back um, to speak to Ellie. Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. Sound familiar? With more people working at home and less time to worry about our posture, it's unsurprising that back and neck pain, migraines and sciatica are all on the rise. Luckily, there's somewhere that's got your back. West Chiropractic in West Byfleet prides itself on being a practice helping people from Surrey and beyond with enthusiasm, experience and expertise. With plenty of five-star reviews, it's a place you truly can trust. Book a free discovery visit now to speak with one of their expert chiropractors and find out how to move forward with a program tailored to your situation. Visit them online at westchiropractic.co.uk. There's no doubt that running a business is tough. But at the moment, it's even tougher than ever. And that's where we can help. Plan C are a team of Surrey business professionals offering free advice for local businesses during these testing times. We offer solutions to your most pressing business challenges. From marketing to human resources, PR to Google ads, business strategy to website design. Post your questions at yourplanc.co.uk. We'll put them to the team come back to you with our thoughts observations and most importantly practical solutions it's a free service so why not see if we can help www.yourplanc.co.uk hello i'm lisa rollin join me for my show classical crossover on thursdays at seven o'clock for one hour of beautiful uplifting classical music handpicked by me for you as well as insightful interviews with fellow musicians and their wonderful gig stories. So join me, Lisa Rollin, on Thursdays at 7 o'clock for Classical Crossover on Brooklyn's Radio. It's Jill Bennett on Brooklyn's Radio. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ellie, how easy is it to eat in restaurants when you're following a whole food plant-based diet? Well, it's easier than ever to eat vegan out in a restaurant nowadays than it ever has been before. Whole food plant-based on the other hand, still not as easy. Um, A lot of restaurants use, you know, a lot of vegetable oil, for example, because it's cheaper um and if you're really eating a mostly whole food plant-based diet which means trying to get all your fats from whole food sources rather than refined uh, refined foods um then it can be more challenging but there are some tricks you can use like for example at first choosing restaurants that have similar values to you so rather than a normal restaurant that's just stuck a vegan option on their menu uh, because it's commercial like 
you know, it's commercial choice, going for a vegan restaurant or a plant-based restaurant that really uh, makes food that, that's good for us. Uh, but also you can ask people to maybe not use vegetable oil when they're cooking and stuff like that and choosing whole grain varieties when they're available. Good advice, sir. Good advice, sir. Um, Laura, people worry about getting enough calcium in a whole food plant-based diet, but I've read that osteoporosis sufferers are told to avoid dairy. Can you explain that? Yeah, it's um, it can be confusing and it's certainly very topical um, at the moment. I think main majority of people probably do think that calcium coming from milk like cow's milk and dairy products is good for strong bones that's the message that we all got growing up and I think many people still do um, but there have been a few studies which have shown otherwise so there's a 12-year Harvard study with Harvard study um, looking at almost 80,000 women who drank milk three times a day um, and they actually had a higher number of fractures than women who rarely drank cow's milk um, and there was a similar study in the early kind of mid 90s um, elderly looking at elderly men and women in Australia actually who showed that higher dairy product consumption was associated with an increased fracture risk and those that had the highest dairy product consumption had about double the risk of hip fracture compared to those with the lowest consumption so certainly what you're reading is probably based on some of that research but Recently, there have been two important studies reporting an increased risk of fractures of those on a vegan diet. Um, one published recently in November 2020, um, it was a new analysis from the EPIC Oxford study, um, which is one of the longest running largest studies investigating the health of vegetarians and vegans, a really important study. Um, and it did show that vegans had a higher risk of fracture compared to meat eaters. However, the study was quite complicated and when you kind of strip it back and look at it in detail and when you match everybody for their calcium intake of around 525 milligrams a day, it actually showed no increase in risk of fracture, um, which showed that if your diet contains the right amount of calcium, there's no disadvantage for bone health on a plant-based diet. And that was, you know, kind of similar results to um, another study that I alluded to, um, the Adventist Health Study, which is based in North America, also looking like a, a nar- large number of, of vegan patients. Um, ultimately, again, it showed that if you're getting enough calcium from your diet, whether it's plant-based or or not, um, you have no increased risk of fracture. Um, And that goes alongside um, vitamin D, which is very important when we're thinking about bone health as well. Thank you. Thank you. Now, um, before we move on to Callum, Laura, I know that you need to go. So do you want to just give us your contact details um, and then people will know how they can get hold of you, how they could have another chat with you. Um, and, and then we'll, we'll move on to the other two to finish off. Yeah, thank you so much, Joan. I'm sorry that I have to um, run off, but uh, you can find um, my work and also the, the team that I work with at Plant Based Health Online on www.pbho.co.uk. Um, and we're also on Instagram as Plant Based Health Online. Um, I'm also on Instagram as Dr. Laura Freeman. Um, and it'd be my pleasure to answer any questions or to, to help anyone with their, their plant based nutrition. Brilliant. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you all. So, Callum, what alternatives are there to get sufficient calcium 
in our plant-based diet? Laura's touched on a little bit, but but just give us some specifics, please. So I think calcium is just another misconception, just like protein, where you people assume you can't get enough. But in fact, most leafy greens, such as you know, like Brussels, kale, broccoli, uh, beans, nuts, seeds, they all have plenty of calcium. Um, in fact, if you look at the nutrients of uh, kale versus cow's milk per 100 grams, which works out to roughly 100 mil, uh, it kind of works out the same. Kale comes out on top with more calcium. And I think it's about 279 um, milligrams of calcium compared to, I think it was 230 in milk. And obviously, cows, um, the kale contains so many more nutrients than cow's milk, uh, a lot of more, uh, obviously, minerals, vitamins, whereas the cow's milk also has the lack of unnecessary chemicals and uh, hormones. So basically, it's a win-win if you kind of go with the kale. And I think um, all of the sort of vegetables and, and natural foods are really good to feed your gut as well. So the good bacteria in your gut need those to feed it. So that's a, that's great, actually, to, to know that. That's really, really useful. Um, Ellie, could we be genetically disposed to suffer from certain nutrient deficiencies? Yes, there are a number which you can be genetically disposed to. Um one interesting one to think about is folate. And actually a plant-based diet, a whole food plant-based diet is a good source of folate because you get folate from leafy greens, legumes, lentils, all of those foods. But some people need a lot more than others. And that's down to a gene called MTHFR. Now, this is quite a commonly known gene now, so some people may have heard of it. But it basically means that your body can't utilize folic acid, which is the synthetic form of folate uh, in all supplements, especially pregnancy supplements and things like that. And that can be really harmful. So these people really need to make sure they are eating several portions of leafy greens and lentils every day to make sure they're getting the folate they need. Because if you don't get enough, I mean, folate works with B12 and we know how important B12 is. But for B12 to work properly, to synthesize your DNA, to make energy, to do like to balance your neurotransmitters and your hormones, you need folate as well. So making sure if you know you have this gene to make sure that you're getting enough folate from your diet is incredibly important. Yeah, I just love the whole idea of this, knowing what your body's telling you, you shouldn't, shouldn't have. Guys, well, we're coming to the end. So um, maybe we can go back to Callum. Callum, give us all your contact details, please. So if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? So if you want to contact me, I am on Instagram as yumfu.life. So that's Y-M, oh, sorry, I can't even pronounce <laughs> Y-U-M-F-U dot life. Or... Um, if you want to find the website, which has uh, much more nutrition information, then it's www.yumfood.life. Brilliant. Thank you. And Ellie? I believe in a truly sustainable plant-based future. And the best way to do that that I've found is to help people truly understand themselves and eat what they need to reach their goals. So if you want to find out more about personalizing your diet to your goals and your genes, you can go to our website, which is bojo.health, or you can always email me with any questions you have. I'm also happy to have a, um, a video conversation with anybody who's interested. Uh, my email address is ellie at bojo.health. Brilliant. Well, we will post up um, links to all of your websites on the Brooklyn's radio page and on my page. 
And um, I found it fascinating. I love talking about this sort of thing. So I'm sure we'll revisit it again in the future. Maybe when, when, you know, there's a little bit more information we can give out, we can certainly repeat all this. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been great. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. And thank you again to my fabulous guests, Laura, Ellie and Callum. Next month, on the 15th of July, we have another Your Health Matters, and we're continuing the topic of food. We're talking about food sensitivities and how you can eat out when you suffer from them. So please join me and my guests again next month on the 15th of July for Your Health Matters. Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. Matters.